The frost on my window was bright red when the phone rang. It could only mean one of two things. Either there was a particularly bloody crime scene on my doorstep, or the sun was setting on Noir City. There's nothing in this town quite like a sunset. The secret ingredient is smog, makes the reds redder and forces every jaded soul in this black and white town to stop and look up. It hits you hard, remembering that there's something beautiful out there, even if it is 93 million miles away. But let's face it, this is Noir City, so the crime scene on my doorstep was the likelier option. And honestly, it was the one I was hoping for, because where there's bloodshed, there's a good chance of running into Dee Dee Dardar or Cece Skarsgård, the identical twin sisters who haunted my dreams those long winter nights, each one more martially gifted and morally ambiguous than the other. For a long time, I hadn't trusted the whispers of my soul to anyone but Gunther, my strong and silent sidearm. But as stoic as Gunther was, lately I could tell he was feeling like a third wheel, maybe even a fourth. Anyway, by the time I thought all of that, the phone had rung 17 times. 17, the magic number. Richard, Texas. Sorry, who's this? Kiki, Kiki Tartar. Who? Kiki Tartar. Uh, could, could you spell that for me? I'm filling in some paperwork. Please, it's my mother. You've got to help her. She. Hello? been ended by a paid interruption service. To hear about how you can access our services and always be first in line, press 1. For great deals from our allies and accomplices, press 2. To hear the message that's been sent to you, press 9. A body has been murdered at the Bibulous Ballroom during the wedding of BT Dobbs. Come quickly! Thank you for listening to your message. Was there a command or a strong suggestion in your message? If so, make sure to... BT Dubs, the man who ran the businesses that ran the people who ran this town. And now he was giving me the runaround. Not only was he about as trustworthy as skates on a ski slope, he was also apparently Cece's father. A thought that still confused me since Cece was supposedly Dee Dee's identical twin sister and I'd met Dr. Dardar, the man who was supposedly Dee Dee's father. I'm no botanical mathematician, but this family tree wasn't adding up. The woman on the line, whichever sister it was, might know the answer. I gave her a call back. Hello. Your call has been prevented by a paid interruption service. If you listen closely to the message left for you, you'll sense a polite request. In order to foster connections and build community, we are preventing you from making further calls until this request is completed. If you'd like to hear your message again, please- Well, buns. It looked like I had no choice. I left Gunther at home. Dubs ran some tight security and, anyway, Gunther doesn't do weddings. I went out in the street where the sun had finished setting and I walked uphill against the wind. The Bibulous Ballroom was way uptown, the kind of place where the ceilings were high and the décolletage was low. Not the type of digs I get invited to, but the badge opens all kinds of doors. Richard, I didn't expect to see you again so soon, but 
Murders do have a way of bringing us together. Dubs, my condolences on the terrible coincidence. First your son, and now? Who's the unlucky stiff tonight? No one spoke, but their eyes gave away the game. There she was, pretty in a bluish kind of way, all swaddled in white like she'd fallen asleep in a snowdrift. And coldest of all was the big piece of ice on her ring finger. My wife, Juliet. We had just spoken our vows when she collapsed. Gracious me, and it seems no one told the string quartet. Their contract dictates that they play, as yours will dictate that you detect, should you take the case. So it was you who called? Technically, the call was placed by an agent using a holding company through an untraceable proxy line. But I understand your quaint working class use of verbs. Yes, it was I who placed the call. But while you were the first to arrive in my mind, you aren't the first to arrive on the scene. He was right. Someone was crouched next to the body, and while the room was full of starch, stodgy standabouts, this fellow had an evidence-gathering look about him. His face was familiar. I stole a look at his name tag. Seriously? What kind of sicko names their child F.A.Q.? Hello, detective. It stands for Francis Albert Quitely. My parents were jazz fans. Huh. Guess that monologue wasn't as internal as I thought. Well, whatever his name was, he was a witness, so he was about to be frequently asked questions now. That's why I'm here. I'm a crime scene tech, and we've met more times than I can count. Anyway, what did you want to know? Just a regular tech, huh? Seems like you got to the scene awfully fast. I was actually already here. Crime scene work gives you lots of practice with a camera, so I've got a side hustle doing wedding photography. Think this one might be my big break. Take a look. I'd just gotten the focus on her when she fell. Hmm. I wouldn't have admitted it to him, but these were the most beautifully composed crime scene photos I'd ever seen. Thank you. Seriously, rule of thirds. Depth of field. The way the red satin on the altar matched the drop of blood on the bouquet. Yes, as you can see, there is blood on the bouquet, which comes from a tiny prick on her finger. And we can see the thorn that's responsible right here. My guess is a poisonous plant. It seems like whoever arranged these flowers was also trying to arrange her death. Run those off to the department. Not often that we get wedding photos as evidence, but who knows? Maybe they'll offer you a job. Will do, detective. And here, take my card, in case you ever decide to get married. Well, well. Nary a rose without its thorn, I suppose. Indeed. Who did the flowers for this wedding? Looks like we'll be sending them a flower arraignment. That I make a point of leaving to the bride-to-be. Women can attach a strange significance to flowers. Although, hmm, bring that bouquet closer. I've never seen that particular bloom. Well, detective, it seems we may have two crimes. I suspect Noir City may have laws against murder, but I know for a fact that importing poisonous plants is a serious offense. And rumor has it that the new mayor is on a particular crusade against poachers. So Dubs knew poisonous plants. Weird. But no surprise that he had the mayor's agenda on the tip of his tongue. Everyone knew Dubs was the local kingmaker. Au contraire, Dick. I am a mere mayor-maker. And after the murder of our wayward Mayor Maynard, what could I do for my city but endorse a replacement? Alas, if the new one dies in the next few days, he'll have to be replaced by some other, more electoral means. I have a honeymoon to attend. You're still going on your honeymoon? Of course. Honeymoons are about relishing the sweetness of life, and what makes life sweeter than knowing you nearly lost it? Times like this call for a return to the simple pleasures. So I'm making a restorative visit to one of my properties. Some large island right between the Pacific and the Atlantic. I forget the name. Wait, before you go, did your wife have any enemies? My dear Juliet, she was loved by everyone in the world. 
I, on the other hand, am deeply leveraged in enemies. And when we spoke our vows, what was mine became hers. Anything we could learn from your past wives? Hmm. Past wives are something I've never believed in. Don't play cute, Dubs. I've met your daughters, and I'll just say they both make a lot more sense if their mother went through an assassination attempt or two. Ah, so you've taken an interest in Dee Dee and or Cece. Did they give you the line about being identical twins? What else could they be? But you were asking about their mothers. This may not be easy for you to understand, Dick. I suspect you and I look for different qualities in an ex-wife. You do have an ex-wife, don't you? He wasn't wrong. I had more exes than a tic-tac-toe tournament, but I wasn't going to give him the pleasure of saying so. Yes, I thought so. Tell me, when your past marriages fell apart, did you swear to yourself that you'd learned your lesson and you'd find a different sort of woman next time? That's what most men do. But I have learned, through experience and introspection, that the qualities I seek in a companion are simple and unchanging, and they appear in the brief springtime of a woman's life. And when I see those traits, I marry them. If the results are more or less the same each time, well, the same could be said of eating. I don't understand. I was making a comparison between marriage and the digestive- I understood that. But I asked you whether your wives had faced danger, and you told me about how you picked them. Yes. You pride, Dick. I can see that your interest in my family isn't strictly professional, and you might persist in asking questions that aren't your concern. So it's important that you know how things began and how they ended. It may help you take the stories you'll hear with a grain of salt. And now I'm afraid we're out of time. The chauffeur of my limo copter does like to keep a tight timetable. Chief. Dick, I've got a case for you. There was a murder tonight at the Bibulous Ballroom. Already on it. Weird, but all right. I need you to collect the bouquet and bring it to the coroner's office. Morgan Jordan will take some cell samples and determine what species we're dealing with. The bride wasn't human? Whoa, Dick. Take that bullet out of your chamber. You're not on the murder. You're on the plant poaching case. Special request from the mayor. Conflabbit, chief. He only said that because I ticked off dubs by asking too many questions. Asking invasive questions is one of the department's core values. I need someone to back me up when these ten-minute tin-pot mayors get on a power trip. Dick, you and I are just pawns in this house of cards, and the dominoes are starting to fall. The feds are on this one. They take this stuff seriously. The feds. I didn't know much beyond the noir city powers that be, but word on the street was that somewhere out there were powers that be even higher. And their will was executed by the feds. I barely believed in the things, but here was the chief telling me the boogeyman was real. All right, chief. Your hands are tied. I get it. Doesn't mean I have to like it. I hung up and headed outside. The snow had stopped. Not a footprint to be seen. For a second it was like I had this whole godforsaken city to myself. Then I saw a glint of light and realized I wasn't alone. A figure had stepped out of the shadows without making a sound. When she saw it was me, she tucked her stiletto back into her Swiss Army ball gown and walked my way. Dick? Cece. Dee Dee. Whoever you are. How's your mother? What an unexpected and surprisingly unflirtatious question. Especially when I've spent all night attending my father's wedding. Sorry. I guess I must have missed my invitation. No plus one for me. I was working. Working, eh? You bake cakes on the side? 
Private security. Dubs is looking for a new contractor. Decided to make tonight a trial run. I offed a few assassins, but the poison flowers got past me. So I'm back at square one, all dressed up with no one to kill. But I didn't emerge from the shadows to talk about me. I'm here to convince you to investigate the murder. No can do. Talk to the other detectives at the office. I did, and they're all double cast in other roles. Anyway, I know you saw the crime scene. I happened to be strolling through a nearby air duct and couldn't help overhearing your conversation with my father. Then you know I'm already on a case. Someone's importing poisonous plants into Noir City and the only thing I like poached is my eggs. I would have thought you liked your eggs. Hard boiled. Why? You know, detectives. Oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe you're nothing but a customs officer. Listen, toots. You ever hear of broken windows policing? Oh, do go on. I love it when a man explains forensic psychology. It's the idea that little crimes are a slippery slope to the nasty stuff. Folks see their neighbors breaking windows and poaching plants without consequences. They start to think they live in a lawless world. The next thing you know, you've got burglaries and premarital cohabitation and... And murder? And murder. And sometimes the best thing a cop can do isn't solving the last murder, it's preventing the next one. One illegally imported plant at a time. Well, since you've devoted that prodigious mind of yours to the plant poaching case, I assume you've spotted the message in the flowers? What message? Every flower has a meaning. Wedding bouquets usually have red roses for love and white lilies for purity. But what have we here? Apart from the poison flower, there's anemone for abandonment, chamomile for money, blue rose for hopelessness, poppy for death. All in all, one ugly wedding bouquet, but the message is clear. Someone is asking, no, begging for help. And mothers teach their daughters these meanings in secret. So whoever did this wanted to make sure no man understood the message. Do you think the bride knew she was in danger? It makes you wonder, doesn't it? One more thing, Dick. Be careful around my father. He's got his thumbs in more pies than you can imagine. He must have some sticky fingerprints. <laughs> Nothing sticks to him, not even blood. If not for my black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I wouldn't trust him any further than I could throw him. Speaking of secrets, Dub said you and your sister aren't identical twins. Is it true? It's true. Dee Dee and I are the daughters of different dames. But how? If you want to understand, it's time you met my mother. You're looking for a cute little house at 101 Peril Parkway in Pilfering Pines. Pilfering Pines? That's in the suburbs. Mother wanted to get out of this town to someplace quiet and green. When they met, Dubs happened to be breaking ground on just such a place. The name was a little joke make it sound dangerous so anyone who wasn't in the know would stay away. He and mother used to laugh about it. I'll think about it, but for now I'm on the clock. I'm sure. And it's ticking. And then she was gone, leaving me alone with my itching brain. The next step was clear. It was time to call that jazz singer who gave me his business card back at Dubs' wedding.
Hey, you. Listen, I need a favor. Those wedding photos you showed me earlier, can you compare them with the publicly available photos of Dubs' past wives? I can do you one better. If you check out the Instagram handle on my card, I keep my whole portfolio on there and- I'm not looking to hire anyone right now. Uh, no, what I mean is, I have photos there of all of Dubs' wives. I photographed all of his weddings. All of them? Didn't you say this one was your big break? So far, he's never actually paid me, but I bought some new lights that really make things go pop, so I think this might be the year. And hey, while you're in there, if you can hit like on the latest photos, it might really help persuade- Noir City is a rough town, but that conversation was more depressing than I could put up with. Fortunately, his Instagram seemed a lot more optimistic and successful. I scrolled through it from one wedding shoot to the next, Dubs' voice echoing in my mind. The qualities I seek in a companion are simple and unchanging, and they appear in the brief springtime of a woman's life. Dubs had... identical wives? Even as things were coming together, they made less sense than ever. But for now, all roads led to the coroner's office. I hoofed it there. Morgan Jordan, the man in charge, was waiting up. Morgan Jordan, you're working late. Good evening, slash morning, Richard. The underworld works overtime, and so must we. Good thing minds like ours aren't dulled by sleeplessness or overwork. If anything, going without rest only makes me more alert to the city's constant dangers. I myself suffer a bit of short-term memory loss, but I'm proud to say my scalpel hand is actually steadiest on no sleep and four pots of coffee. Still, no matter how steady the hand, it seems rude to chop up a woman on her wedding night. Oh, the body hasn't arrived yet. Things don't move according to the convenience of the plot, you know. Except when they do. Except when they do. But there's good news. I may not be able to autopsy the victim, but I can autopsy the suspect. The suspect? Dr. Morgan Jordan approached me, slowly raising the scalpel in his hand. My defensive instincts took over. I assumed my most intimidating stance and raised the wedding bouquet. Not much of a weapon, but it already had one kill to its name. Ah, thank you, detective. I'll take that. You make a very fetching flower girl one day. No, I wasn't. That was... Let's get down to business. Very interesting. I see damage consistent with a scalpel injury. What's this in my hand? Where am I? Oh, I beg your pardon. On examination of the poison flower, I can only draw one conclusion. This is a completely new species. You sound awfully confident. Richard, you may know Morgan Jordan, the morgman who hoards organs in drawers, but would you be floored if I swore I'd been awarded the Order of the Orchid? I'm sorry, what? I've been a collector of rare plants for years. It's why the chief sent you my way. And it's the rarest privilege in the life of an enthusiast like myself to be able to name a new species. I hereby name it Exhorto Morgan Jordan. Can we just call it wedding weed and be done with it? Wedding weed. So be it. It is practically a weed. Members of this family appear all over the world. But this one is the first to evolve poison thorns. It may have sprung forth anywhere, but the species most like it is native to Antarctica. Things grow in Antarctica? Oh, just northern Antarctica, of course. But if you want to know where this came from, it's where I would focus my studies. Meanwhile, I'll analyze the poison. Maybe it will need naming. Dick, I regret giving you my personal number. 
Listen, Chief, about the poaching case. The trail is cold. Really cold. But I've got a tip about the murder. I'm going out to the suburbs. Dick, it's one thing for you to go rogue and pursue a case on your own. That, I expect. But now you're talking about leaving Noir City? We've got no jurisdiction in the suburbs. Your badge might as well be a seatbelt for all the good it'll do you. And there are things out there. The feds, border patrol, supreme courts. Things that don't bear mentioning. You're signing yourself up for a complicated world. I understand. This is off the clock and off the record. If I get in trouble, I won't expect backup. So there I was on the road to the suburbs. No badge, no gun. Just a man, his 64 Oldsmobile, and a mission on behalf of a woman he barely knew. As I weaved my way toward 101 Peril Parkway, I couldn't help imagining Cece as a kid, growing up in some subdivision where they have Easter egg hunts every day of the year. And then I came to the address. Something was wrong. It looked like I'd never left Noir City. At 101 Peril Parkway stood a rickety tenement building, like a skull with missing teeth. Dick, how's it going? Put any botanist behind bars? You jerked my leash, Cece. You told me there was a cute little house. I said you're looking for a cute little house. I didn't say you'd find it. Dubs offered my mother a dream, and she followed him there. They had two or three kids and a dog before the family went nuclear. He left us, and once he didn't live there, he realized there were more profitable uses for the land. One night I went to sleep in a peaceful ranch house built over a waterfall. The next morning I woke up in a smoky high-rise with a leaky septic tank. And so began a life in the city. What about your mother? She never left. You'll find her down the street at a bar called The Wild Goose. Watch your back. Things are getting serious. The feds are on this one. Well, we'll just have to keep ahead of them. I'm on my way. I followed Cece's directions through unfamiliar streets even snowier than the ones I'd left. The bar was the kind of joint I would have steered clear of in town, but at this point, I would have walked into hell if they'd let me warm up my hands. Inside, I saw a familiar face. Bart! Well, shut your mouth and keep on talking. Never thought I'd see your kind in the suburbs. What do you mean, my kind? Well, Dick, as you can see, there's a variety of shady individuals standing in earshot. So rather than endanger you with explicit terminology, I'm speaking in euphemisms. It's not often we see an detective day in these parts. In that case, I appreciate the pig Latin. Incidentally, do you know how to make a pig Latin? Miss cow, lime juice, and bacon bits. Lay it on me. Here, keep the change. And Cece Skarsgård sends her regards. She asked me to swing by with a message for her mother. Mind pointing me in the right direction? You found her, all right. Right over there. I looked across the room. There on the wall was a faded old photo, tacked up without a frame. And just underneath it, a shelf with an urn. That's all that's left of her. All that's left? She's got no grave? A grave? In this economy? 
No, she didn't have a penny to her name. Earn her drink sweeping and washing dishes. A regular to the last day. Little too much of a regular. Died halfway through a drink I made her. Folks used to leave offerings by the urn, but nowadays she's mostly just a hat stand. Beats unemployment anyway. Thanks, Bart. Excuse me while I pay my respects. I crossed the room to get a closer look at the photo. Sure enough, she was the spitting image of the bride I'd seen earlier that night. A little worse for wear, but still with some hope in her eyes. Pinned up around the photo were a few notes scribbled on the backs of business cards, and a few odds and ends squeezed in among the drinks that crowded the urn. I guess I must have gotten absorbed in it. One way or another, I left my back exposed. Well, if it isn't the one and only Dick Fective. Solomon Sockeye? What the dot dot dash dot are you doing here? I could ask you the same thing, Dick. Only with a question mark and an exclamation mark. We're a long way from your turf. Listen, Sockeye, I'm up way past my bedtime, so if you don't want to start something, I suggest you keep your voice low and your punctuation tasteful. Of all the signs of decline and desperation in these parts, Sockeye was the loudest and the clearest. I knew Solomon as a fixture of the criminal undercity, and right now, this particular suburb was living up to its etymology. You shouldn't be here, Dick. The suburbs are a delicate ecosystem, and you're an invasive species. You're gonna get people hurt. I'm not here to press any buttons. I'm on a mission from our mutual friend, Cece Skarsgård. Cece Skarsgård, eh? That little snifter of brandy? She's got you running her errands in the suburbs? I was looking for her mother. Didn't know what I'd find. <sighs> Poor dame deserved better. You knew her. I was at her funeral. Mind you, for years before that, being around her was like one long eulogy. Never got over how bad he treated her. He? Dubs? Keep your voice down. Around here they call him the octopus. Because no matter which way you look, his tentacles are already there. So what did he do to her? No telling. If you ask questions, she just said she did what she had to. Whatever it was, all it got her is this little shrine. I donated one of my old baseball trophies. Might as well put all my memories of better times in one place. Never knew you to be a reminiscing man, Sockeye. Ha. Doesn't come naturally. But that's what we do, us Sockeyes. We swim upstream. As for you, I can guess what you're after. To find it, you're gonna have to keep heading down the road. But you can't learn this story without becoming a part of it. That was obviously the last line of a scene, so I walked off without responding. I called Cece on the way back to the car. Well, did dear old mother fill you in? I didn't get the honor of meeting her, but her friends painted quite the picture. Everyone's looking forward to seeing her again, one day. That's sweet of you, Dick, but my mother was no saint. They never are. Doesn't mean we don't miss them. Mine's been in the clink for a while now, but every week I send her a letter and an interest payment. Her rates may be high, but I'll always appreciate that she gave me the friends and family discount. Every kid thinks their mother is one of a kind, but I know better. She's not the only wife to get the dub's treatment. Or the only daughter. Cece, I've seen pictures of your, I don't know, step-ex-mothers? But you and Dee Dee, did dubs, uh, contribute the same genetic material both times? What can I say? He is a businessman. Are there more of you? I'm afraid so. When Dubs got tired of one wife, one suburb, one novelty, he moved on and tried the same thing again. I couldn't tell you how many of us there are. 
Jeez, this plot is giving me vertigo. Well, hold on tight, detective, because I'm about to spin you another tale. It may be too late for my mother, but rumor has it that one of his ex-wives is still living somewhere along that road. Has this been your game all along? Making up for the past by trying to discover some other mother who didn't suffer? What if it is? Someone told me it was part of a cop's job to prevent the next murder. No such thing as a cop in these parts. And I don't know what you want me to do with Dubs. Maybe it's his fault your mother drank herself to death. But as far as I know, being a son of a bitch isn't illegal. No, it isn't. But even a pro like Dubs slips up sometimes. Don't tell me you didn't find any leads. Solomon Sockeye told me to head down the road. Then best get going, dick. The feds are coming and long distance ain't cheap. Try 201 Larceny Lane in Outlaw Oaks. I hear there's a lovely children's museum. So on I went. The road went on, the snow got thicker, and the sprawl never paused for a breath. As I pulled up to the address CC gave me, I thought I glimpsed a tree, but it was just a streetlight mangled by a car, and behind it, another rundown tenement, like a headstone covered in bullet holes. No need to bother CC this time. I scanned the block for saloon doors and made my way into a joint called the cul-de-sac. Whoa, Bart, am I seeing double? Hey, Dick. Yeah, I'm working a double. Well, let's make it doubles all around. Do you know how to make a death in the afternoon? Champagne, absinthe, and pretentiousness. That's the stuff. I'll cut to the chase, Bart. Cece Skarsgård sent me this way. Seems like I can learn something else about her mother here. Cece? Skarsgård? We just talked about her. I talk to a lot of people, and I don't get much sleep. Gives me short-term memory loss. Who is it we talking about? C.C. Skarsgård. Hitchcock blonde, sultry voice, not to be screwed with. Oh, you must have heard her name wrong. That's Dee Dee Dar Dar. Everyone knows her. Grew up in the neighborhood. Fell on hard times, landed on her feet. Her mother wasn't so lucky. She used to be a regular here. Any idea where I can find her? Dick, what in the wide world brings you to Outlaw Oaks? Solomon, did you follow me here? Me follow you? Don't make me laugh. Although chances are that someone did. Cut the sinister implications, Sockeye. I'm here on behalf of... Dee Dee Dardar, I guess? Dee Dee Dardar, eh? That little cartridge of gunpowder. Long time since she lived in these parts. So I hear. Is her mother still around? <sighs> Not for a while now. She's a hard-drinking woman, but she got her act together. Got a job managing that tenement down the street. Real bootstrap story. There's always a monkey on her back. She took a dive off the roof of that very building. Sad funeral, even as funerals go. Typical umbrellas in the rain affair, except it was just me, holding multiple umbrellas to make it look more crowded than it was. And all that happened because of how Dub- Shh! We call him the Loctopus. Because no matter which way you run, you won't find an open door. Cece! Same story in Outlaw Oaks. Dee Dee's mother slipped the noose once. It sounds like she ended up working for Dubs. Can't be helped. He's the only game in town, let me guess. Death of despair, but coincidentally at the place where she worked? I'll be. I've heard of daughters finishing their father's sentences. Didn't know it extended to death sentences. 
mine likes to repeat himself. Maybe Dee Dee's mother knew what she was in for. Danced a little faster than mine did. But Dubs was always the one calling the steps. Keep driving. You're headed for 301 Ambush Avenue in the Felony Figs development. There's a rule of trees with these names. Get going, Dick. I'm right behind you. A long road, barely visible through the snow. A tenement, like a cliff covered in vulture nests. A bar down the street called The Last Leg. Bart, you must have really hustled to get here ahead of me. Oh yeah, Dick. I'm always hustling. Tonight, I'm working a triple. Speaking of, do you know how to make a felonious drunk? Tequila, tequila, and tequila. You're looking for Fifi Farquhar. That little X on the treasure map. Her mother. Poor dame had a devil on her shoulder. Got herself a job as a super only to get caught in the building during a fire. Real bad luck. Dubs? Shh. We call him the Glocktopus, because no matter which way you run, you'll get a bullet in your back. 401 Waylay Way in Hooligan Hill. Long road, snow, and one drink too many. Good thing I was top of my impaired driving class in police academy. Tenement like a wound with poison ivy. Hey, Dick. I'm working a quadruple. Do you know how to make a walk of shame? Coffee grounds, vodka, and sand. Mimi Mars bar. Tough little cookie. Her mother? Albatross around her neck. She was stabbed during a mugging gone wrong. Wrong place at the wrong time. How many of these are there? You haven't reached escape philosophy yet. 501 trepidation trace. On and on. The road is winding, which is just as well because I can't drive straight. At least I'm the only cop for miles who could arrest myself. How do you make a living? Time, money, and prayer. You're looking for a hee-hee-har-har? Who sent you here? You sent me to find you who sent me to find you who sent me to find you. Yeah, that sounds like something I'd do. She was killed by poisonous ink on a contract. 601 Disquiescent Crescent in the Casa Nostra development. Keep driving. Something runs in front of the car. I mix up the gas and the brakes. I get a glimpse in the rear view. Scales and paws. Keep driving. Blood, sweat, and tears. That needle in a haystack. Right behind you. Keep driving. I opened my eyes and tried to figure out what had happened. Evidence suggested that my ride had fallen asleep in a snowdrift. Still nighttime, or maybe nighttime again, but bright. Curtains and waves of color lit up the sky overhead. I sat up to get the lay of the land. Not like any suburb I'd ever seen. It was snowdrifts around us as far as I could see, with one speck of darkness in the distance. I piled on a few spare trench coats and set off. The speck grew and resolved. A greenhouse. Some place warm, anyway. Closer still, I could see steam rising from the place. All of the windows were broken. Outside the door stood a familiar figure holding a sheet of paper. Bart! Dick, you here looking for a job? I'm sorry? This place has changed hands. I brought my resume. Hopefully a few hundred different mixing noises will get my foot in the door. This is going to be a bar? Nothing stays empty long in the suburbs. A wave of heat washed out of the front door and smoke replaced the steam. I stepped inside. All over that greenhouse, orchids and bonsais were on fire. A figure with a flamethrower turned and raised its visor. 
Sockeye? What are you doing? Dick. I'm on the job. I was hired by the Hostage Hills Development to provide cremation services. I'm known for being first on the side and for having the clumsiest trigger finger in the industry. Innocent objects left lying around near the target inevitably get damaged beyond repair. I've got nothing but five-star reviews. You can find me in the red pages under Blackened by Sakai. I see. And what would be the target this time? Why, the dearly departed, of course. It took me a second to locate the flamingest part of the room, but at its blue heart was a body lying in state. Not a recognizable feature left. How did she die? From a serious and incurable case of bullet holes. The Fed shot up the place just before you arrived. Seems like they'd been on the hunt for a while. Illegal trafficking in poisonous plants. Serious charge. And then in you came to make sure her past died with her future. I assume you'll be waiting to shed your tears once you're off the clock. Time is money, after all. Spare me the sermon, detective. She's a good dame, but she did what she had to do to get by. And so did I. But you... You just let them here pro bono. Don't make me out to be some kind of double agent, Sockeye. I came here to help. Doesn't matter what you wanted, dick. Everyone knows moles are blind. But hey, before you get into some really morally self-indulgent narration, you might be happy to know that my trigger finger wasn't in top form today. It missed something. A little souvenir. Solomon passed me a piece of paper. An order form for flowers for a wedding in Noir City. In the special requests section, explicit instructions for crossbreeding plants to create a poisonous bloom. And at the very bottom, signature of Dubs' wife. Holy smokes. Hello? Dick, I've parsed the puzzle of this perplexing poison. It does perpetrate the poor poisonies passing, but only in passing. What are you talking about, Morgan Jordan? The poison causes temporary death. The victim enters a coma with all vital signs coming to a complete stop. But then, a few hours later, the effects subside, and she wakes up, feeling healthy and well-rested. So Dubs' wife is alive? Probably. What do you mean, probably? Didn't she wake up? Isn't that how you figured all this out? Oh, no. We just tried the poison out on an intern. As for Juliet, after you departed, we received a copy of her will, which stated that her body was not to be autopsied or otherwise disturbed in any way. Instead, we were to immediately place her in the family's burial catacombs. It wasn't until now that I realized we've been hoodwinked. Jordan, we've got to alert the chief. She has to be found and arrested. Why? Comas aren't against the law. Maybe not. But you know what apparently really, really is? Plant poaching. And I've got evidence she committed that very crime. It was another couple of hours of long-distance detective work before we had all the loose ends tied up. By that time, Solomon had made a discreet exit. Bart had shaken hands with the greenhouse's new management, and Cece had caught up with me. I found her outside in her car, asleep behind the wheel. She opened her eyes as I approached. Dick, what's going on? Were you in time to save her? No. The feds got her. They were tailing us all along. The bastards. But I think I've got it figured out. See, not only did each of the women who married Dubs die under suspicious circumstances, but they also all went to their graves with some kind of guilt hanging over them. They may call Dubs the octopus, but we know he likes to keep his tentacle prints to himself. There's always a middleman, or a middlewoman. 
Seems to me that the cost of marrying doves is to personally off the last woman to do so. And he can clear your name, but he can never clear your conscience. And then one day he gets bored with you. You become the new ex-wife, and you know what's coming for you, because you did it yourself. So you prepare. The last one got as far away as she could, all the way beyond the suburbs, and she made a living here off her nursery business. But then one day the paperwork came in to do the flowers for Dubs' wedding. Paperwork that asked her to import illegal plants into Noir City. She knew she was being enticed into committing a crime that would put her life in danger, but she needed the money. So she gave him what he wanted, but she also coded a message into the arrangements, hoping one of the women in his life would understand and show her mercy. Mercy she hadn't had the strength to show back when it was her turn. And the new wife played her part by signing the paperwork. So Dubs's name is nowhere in connection with the crime. What's happened to her? She's off to her new home in Shady Shrub's correctional facility. And we played right into Dubs's plan. His new bride fakes her death, he calls you to the scene, and I'm at hand to hear the whole thing. He lures us both in, then has the case taken away from you, assuring that you'll be investigating without the help of the office. No records, barely any witnesses, and we lead the feds right to her. The only thing he didn't think of was you finding that piece of paper. Looks like you broke the cycle. Maybe, but they haven't been able to connect it to Dubs. She's refusing to talk. All she'll say is that she did what she had to do. And one more thing, she's pregnant. So one cycle ends and another cycle begins. A child is going to become a mother in the tender care of Shady Shrub's correctional facility. If it's any consolation, picture her as cellmates with Mama Tective. The two of them in there together, trading recipes for shivs. Take me home, Dick. Wherever that is. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Snake's Paw. We call this one Noir City Blues, Episode 3, Detective and the Case of the Identical Tentacles. It was written by me, Andrew Ferrier, and you heard the voices of Jack Townsend, Erica Durr, Helen Jacks, Andrew Ferrier, James Lanius, Jeff Quash, High Priest Roby, and Matthew Morris, plus brief but ferocious appearances by Helen Schmel and Killian Gilbo. If you haven't already, check out the other two episodes in this critically acclaimed series, starting with The Staircase and then Murdered by Birds. If you'd like more nonsense in this vein, let us know. We have comment sections on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. On all of those, you can find us at The Snake's Paw, and our website, www.thesnakespaw.com, puts it all in one place. And believe it or not, you can also support the podcast at www.kofi, that's ko-fi.com slash the snake's paw, where we are starting to share some extra stuff, including but not limited to outtakes and video from the ridiculous recording sessions of episodes like this one. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks.